Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning from my uh, studios up in Fort Collins, a beautiful sunny Saturday in Colorado. We're, we're headed for some unseasonably warm temperatures here on the Front Range. Um, so we're going to cover a lot of different activities. We're still going to cover a lot of ice fishing after we get into the showaways. We've got some reports coming from around the, around the state. The temperatures up in the mountains are lending themselves to people are out there doing it. We'll get you caught up on that. We're also going to talk a lot of open water fishing, both fly fishing and conventional fishing, because there's a lot of opportunities. And with this nice week coming up, you may want to get out. We're going to talk some waterfall hunting. We have a, a, just a myriad of uh, uh, topics to cover today. And also during the next few weeks, we're going to talk off and on during our segments and get ideas for Christmas gifts for the outdoor enthusiast in your family. I know this this year Christmas shopping could be a little difficult. People don't want to necessarily brave the malls with all the crowds and the crowded stores. And we'll give you some ideas you can get maybe without leaving home or ones that you can go to a less crowded place to get. But let's go. Let's get started. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from the Blue Quill Angler is Chris Steinbeck. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing well, and it's appropriate we have you on to talk fly fishing because, you know, first of all, you should never put your long rods away. There's going to be fly fishing opportunities throughout the winter, even in a typical cold winter. But with this stretch of weather we've got coming, I think there's going to be some, you know, will it be the most incredible fishing in the world? Probably not, but will it be great to get out with good opportunities and be comfortable? I think we're headed for a great week to get out and fish, don't you? Oh, Terry, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, in this time of year, you get these nice stretches. are going to peak into the 60s next week. You're setting yourself up as an angler for your best chance for success. You know, you're going to have your most comfortable days out there when you get these warmer stretches. And the fish, that's going to be your best chance to take advantage of great fishing opportunities. Is You know, next week's a perfect example of it. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of the opportunities. Um, what are you seeing out there? What are you, you guys are on the water guiding. What's the activity level? Is there some, seem more active in some areas than others? Yeah, you bet. So there's, uh, you know, locally there's quite a few good spots right now. We've been fishing a lot on the South Platte River. Um, you know, working hard for fish. That's uh, that's the God honest truth. Um, you know, there's days where we hook a few more. There's other days we work a little harder. Um, but what we're finding right now is blood midges are really good and little midge emergers. Um, if you're an angler that likes to fish the South Platte River, the primary food source for the next several months is going to be these midges. And um, right now those fish te- seem to be keying in on them pretty hard. Um, one of my favorite winter patterns all around Deckers is a little blood midge, a little red midge. Um, and that's going to be fantastic for the next few months. And um, another great option is a Blue River right behind Dillon Reservoir, right in Silverthorne. That's a great winter fishery and some quality fish. And Yeah, Terry, it's uh, definitely not time to put the long rods away. Definitely time to keep them in your hands and get outside and go stand in the river. Well, we've got a lot of rivers that are going to be available with this warm stretch. I'm sure that there's going to be 
good fishing on the Big Thompson and probably the Pooter. Um, we've got a lot of tailwaters. I know one of your favorite tailwaters that's good all the way through the winter is the one below Pueblo. That's one of mine, too. Not only have they improved the stream there so that it's great trout habitat and put some regulations in place, but you can catch a variety of other species that end up coming out of Pueblo Reservoir. Do you fish it quite often in the winter when you can? Yeah, I I love making the trip down to Pueblo. The Arkansas down there behind the dam, I there's quality fish. And you are you hit the nail on the head. That part of the Arkansas is it's a staple in terms of winter fly fishing. It's reliable, it's usually a little bit warmer and the quality of fish is just yeah, it's incredible down there. I love heading down to Pueblo. Now before we move on to some other types of available waters, what about you talked about using the midges on the South Platte. When you're using those midges, do you if you say you're putting a two nymph rig or a dry and a nymph rig, are you using all small midges? Are you using maybe one larger fly or at least an indicator so you can keep track of them? Because when you get down to the yeah. 22 size flies and things, it can be hard to follow them. <laughs> you know what? That's an excellent point, and it is. Um, you know, right now, anglers on the river you have an opportunity to still throw a tractor flies on there kind of hey look over here before you throw your small fly off the back of that and a great attractor right now is still an egg pattern um you know on the south platte river we see browns that will spawn a little bit later in the season and we also get really early season spawning rainbows so an egg is always a great first fly um as we start getting colder terry and the water temperatures really start dropping down those fish really they start losing a lot of their energy and their motivation to eat every day. And um, that's where I'll start, okay, maybe not put that attractor, that egg on, and I might go two smaller flies because you're fishing really slow and deeper water in the wintertime where those fish have a long time to really inspect your flies. So if you have a big attractor on sometimes and you're hitting those deeper slots, it's almost sometimes those fish have too long to look at your fly to inspect it, so to speak. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, another thing that's going to be, if somebody just wants to get out and catch fish here up and down the front range, they've been heavily stocking the front range lakes and ponds. So if you're a fly fisherman who just wants to go make some casts and catch a few trout, uh, the still waters, the lakes up and down the front range, not only stock trout but holdover fish that can be quite large are available close to shore right now because the water is cool enough where they've spread out in the lake. They're not just down in the depths. You guys fish that very often? Oh, you better believe it. We uh, have a guy named Joe Schaefer who's one of the most professional sound stillwater guys we have on our staff, and he, I know he fishes Aurora all the time. I know personally – I grew up fishing Chaffield, and so a lot of our tactics this time of year is you're exactly right. You don't have to go deep out, and you're throwing a lot of bait fish patterns, a lot of leech patterns, um, just a little bit of movement on there, and this could be a tremendously productive time down on those reservoirs, Terry. Oh, and some big fish. Some of the fish I've seen come out of places like Horsetooth and Boyd and Chatfield. I mean, I've personally caught some just giants out of Chatfield. There's some big holdover fish. You know, even Pueblo, you don't hear of people catching a lot of fish in the reservoirs themselves because they get warm and those fish kind of go down deep and hide. But this time of the year, those fish are up there and they can be some of the best opportunities to catch catch big fish and you mentioned the bait fish patterns 
Um, when, when sometimes when we get into this nymph fishing, even in the rivers, but especially in the still water, I still once in a while will throw a streamer out there because sometimes even a fish isn't eating, I can get him to react to something. You know, get it by him kind of quickly. He doesn't have time to look it over, and he'll turn on it. Do you see that happening much? Yeah, absolutely, yes. This is a, uh, you know, all the way through November, early December, you still have chances to catch a quality trophy brown trout you know they're still in that predator mode and um throw those streamers throw them you know even all winter long terry keep throwing those streamers and see what happens it's a great way to mix it up um a lot of times on our trips the guided trips that we run we'll have different rods we bring with us well we'll have one rod set up with the smaller midges and then we bring that streamer rod as well and it surprises you sometimes on how aggressive those fish can be, even with those water temperatures drop down into the upper 30s. Um, it is, uh, it's fishing, and I love it to death. And it's, sometimes it doesn't make so much sense, but other times it's, it blows you away. And right now, streamers is a great option for anglers. It really is. Let's shift gears here a little bit. This warm weather probably won't last forever. And some people, well, there will be fishing opportunities, fly fishing opportunities throughout the winter. We'll get warm spells. We've got a lot of tailwaters that can be very productive that you can fish year-round. A lot of people aren't going to want to get out. And this is a time of the year when a lot of people in the fly fishing industry will turn to fly tying. Now, we have a lot of new anglers out there, Chris. Can you guys help them out if somebody wants to start tying flies? You bet we can. We have classes, Terry, that we're going to be running all winter long we uh we have classes that are set up for people who don't you know especially with covid times right now where it can be more one-on-one type lessons um and we're going to be able to schedule those on whenever the customers need to um so we're not going to have so many set dates but we're going to have a lot of information on our website about our tying classes and it is just it's a fun way to spend the winter time and when you hook a fish on a fly that you tie terry it's a cool feeling um, and so we have great instructors up here at the shop. We have all the materials you need. And even if you've never done it before, we love talking here at the shop. And we'll sit down, we'll go over things with you, what you need, the bare essentials, and um, just enough to get you going and get you addicted to another fun thing in fly fishing. Well, that's what we want to do in fishing is get everybody addicted, right? So <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great addiction. Get people outdoors. You know, there's so many people returning to the outdoors or going to outdoor activities really for the first time in their lives because of COVID, and we're seeing such activity out there. So what if I have one of these new um, outdoor enthusiasts in my family, and I want to buy something for Christmas? I'm going to be asking everybody about some ideas Let's start with guide trips. Can I buy a guide trip for somebody else? Yes, you can. On our website, we have two different options. We have gift certificates that you could buy for any angler on your list, and those aren't set dates, so it's not like you have to plan a day way far in advance. It's a gift certificate valid for um, a year or two, and they get the, the whoever gets the present gets to pick any day that works for them. Um, we have, like I said, those gift certificates, and we also have gift bags. And we have four different gift bag options for the Christmas season and the holiday season here. And one of them is uh, basically it's a gift card for a guide trip. And you can find all that information on our website. Um, that little gift bag comes with a hat and a little box of flies, and um, it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, but I know 
from talking to people at the shop, I we know that's a struggle sometimes when you have an angler on your list. It's really hard sometimes to understand, okay, what do they have? What do they need? What do we get them for the holidays? And, um, yeah, we have plenty of options on our website, and we've taken the guesswork out for a lot of people. And, you know, I think when you buy, when you have an outdoor enthusiast in your family, and you're going to hear this theme from me over the next few weeks, and you take the trouble to try to understand what they do and buy something that's a passion they're developing, it says a Christmas gift. I didn't just go out and find something on an end cap at a store, but I thought about who you are and what you do, and I think it just means it makes for a more meaningful gift. The last thing we didn't cover that I really um, really wanted to talk a little bit about were the, the, the rivers in right here in uh, the metro area, like Clear Creek and Bear Creek. Are you guys fishing those, or are you hearing if anything's going on there? Yeah, we're still fishing Clear Creek. Um, you know, Bear Creek, we're still hitting that every once in a while. The flows have just been so low on Bear Creek, it's starting to ice up pretty good. Um, Clear Creek, you still have, have a little bit of time to hit it. That's going to start icing up as we start getting, you know, next snowstorms and next few cold snaps. And where I'm talking about icing up is a little bit higher up towards Idaho Springs and down through the canyon to Golden. Um Coming out of the Front Range, Waterton Canyon going into Chaffield could be a tremendous option as well. Don't have to go, now, you know, spend a whole day getting there and plenty of good fishing. Okay, if people want more information, Chris, or get a hold of you guys, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. You can find us online at www.bluequillangler.com or give us a call up here at the shop. The number's 303-674-4700. And whether you have questions on fishing reports or what flies to use or gift ideas for that angler on your list, give us a call. We'd love to walk you through what we have and good options that are going to make you look good. All right, my friend, uh, I don't know if I'll get to talk to you before Christmas. Hope so, but just in case I don't, have a great holiday season. Hey, you too, Terry. Merry Christmas, and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's uh, Chris Steinbeck from Bluequell Anglers. Quality people. If you're interested in getting into fly fishing, you could do a lot worse than spending some time with those guys. We're going to take a quick time out, and we come back, we're going to take you up the Cheyenne Mountain and maybe some other types of outdoor activities you can enjoy this winter on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Rocking to and fro with the rhythm of the ocean Sang and silent night with the Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. 65 years serving the outdoor public Locations in Fort Collins, Loveland, Lafayette, Broomfield, and Cheyenne. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Monique Mullis. Good morning, Monique. Hi, Terry. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Now, you're going to talk to us about a park that, you know, I think sometimes flies under the radar. Uh, uh, You know, people know the big water parks like Pueblo and Cherry Creek and Boyd. But um, Cheyenne Mountain State Park's a little different park. Explain the park to us. Tell us where it's located. Absolutely. Cheyenne Mountain State Park is on the south side of Colorado uh, Springs, and uh, really just less than five minutes from the interstate, um, right across the street from the main gate of Fort Carson. So as far as finding it, it's very easy to do. And, you know, sounding like it's right in the middle of town, it's not. The cool thing about Shine Mountain is it's a great little getaway so close to an urban area. There's 28 miles of beautiful trails, 
In fact, one of the trails actually goes to the top of Cheyenne Mountain. That one's called Dixon Trail, and it's it's only two years old, so a lot of people still need to discover it. Uh, we've got over 60 campsites that are booked, you know, just about every day because they're full hookups, have a great view of the Cheyenne Mountain and the City of Springs. And we also have a pretty amazing archery range that a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, we've got a 3D range where you um, and several um, targets there where you can actually go on a great little trail and, and test your archery skills. Or you can go to a static archery range where you can really hone in on your skills. And we, you know, normally we're able to teach a lot of archery classes. This year it's not as much, but, um, you know, think about archery as a, as a great reason to come to the park as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's uh I think COVID has changed a lot for a lot of us, but there's still a lot of great activities. Um you know, I want to expound on some of the things you talked about. Let's get back to the trails. You have trails. First of all, they're non-motorized. I think there's a few that are equestrian, but for the most part they're hikers and bikers. What kind of do I have to be an expert hiker to take advantage of the trails at Cheyenne Mountain? No, not at all, and I think that's what makes Cheyenne Mountain um, a great park for every every person, families, new new people to to hiking, and even um, experts. So we've got trails that range from easy to um, difficult, and and really the difficult one is the one that goes to the top of the mountain. Um, the the elevation of the top of Cheyenne Mountain is about ninety four hundred. So it's not a 14er by any means, and so it also means it's a great um, training mountain, if you will. <laughs> so if you're wanting to start, uh, you know, climbing on bigger mountains, Cheyenne Mountain's a great uh, park to start at. But again, we've got equestrian trails that um, that go up up to right about um, where the top of the mountain trail starts. So horses. It's not safe for horses to go to the top of the mountain, nor is it safe for the bikes to. So to, that's just hiking to get to the top. But we also have um, great dog trails as well that are that are closer to the campgrounds where people can walk their dogs. Um, some of the trails don't allow dogs um, because there's just an abundance of wildlife on the park. So we're trying to create a great balance of recreation and conservation here at Cheyenne Mountain. Well, you know, you brought up another point I wanted to make. Cheyenne Mountain is a great place for wildlife watching, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, we've got all the the uh, popular, famous, if you will, Colorado wildlife. You know, we do have black bears, uh, elk. Well, not elk as much. Sometimes a bighorn, um, mule deer, coyotes, you know, birds, raptors, great bird watching, just everything you can see. And, and what's really fun is when you – Come into the park, you're greeted by our prairie dog colony. So, you know, you, you get a view of wildlife the instant you enter the park. Now, a lot of people with COVID, uh, we've seen a, a real a number of people getting outdoors that haven't gotten outdoors before. And we've already seen before this year a trend of people staying outdoors in the winter and getting outdoors, not wanting to be cooped up. Are your campgrounds open year-round? Yes. So uh, the majority of our campsites are um, improved deluxe sites, meaning they have electric, water, and sewer hookups. So that makes them very popular with folks with RVs and campers. And um, so, and we all know nowadays with your camper, you don't have to winterize it. You can go out all year round. So those are popular throughout the year. But we also have some amazing walk-in sites. 
uh, which you're right. It's, you know, some people want to go ahead. It's, it's not out of the question that you would hang out in a tent uh, on a winter evening here in Springs. We can have some pretty mild weekends. And the cool thing is, is you, you know, we even have our bathrooms open, so you're not clear out in the backwoods, but you can go ahead and uh, experience some winter camping here. And still have a few conveniences. I kind of like that. You know, yeah, I wanna, exactly. Before, yeah. Before, before we get to an activity you have coming up, I do want to go back to the archery range real quick. You guys who were out archery hunting this year for whether it was deer or elk and maybe missed that shot or didn't make the shot you thought you had made. Now, static range practice is good, but if you can go to one of these 3D ranges, walk the trails, and take the shot from more awkward positions and angles and actually see how your arrow enters the target uh, from those angles, it can make you a much better hunter. And having those open year-round, makes it makes this great for people to come in because they should be practicing year-round, Monique. You're absolutely right. Um, and like you said, this is a great opportunity. Some of the targets are actually 3D animals, so you can practice um, shooting from different angles and different locations. So you really can't beat it. And um, the the static range, which is, you know, just the targets at, at one distance, that is free with your parks pass. And it's only $3 to use the 3D range, you know, in addition to your parks pass. You can't beat that. No, it's true. Now, before we run out of time, you have an activity coming up, and I want to cover that. You used to do uh, an open house for the holidays, and you'd get a lot of people in, and you'd sell gifts in the gift center and the, in the uh, visitor center and things. COVID's kind of put a little damper on that, but you're going to try to pull something off. Tell us about it. Absolutely. Instead of social distancing, well, of course, we're always social distancing this year, but we're calling it natural distancing. So that means come out to your uh, state parks and practice social distance by being in nature. And so you're right. We used to gather and have all kinds of activities. We'd have, you know, a couple hundred people come to our open house. But this year, we're still going to try to have some fun, but we're going to do it COVID 2020 style, if you will. And uh, so it, we're spreading it out. It starts today. It goes through this Friday. There are specials gift, in the gift shop, like you said, so it's great for Christmas shopping or holiday shopping. But we also have, you know, some of the things that people loved most at our open house was the activities that we had for families and kids. We have some packets that you can take with you, go out into the park with your family, and still do the activities in the park but you'll be doing it in, in a safe manner. Um, we have Wildlife Olympics is the activity that you can pick up. Those are free. Um, all of this stuff is, is help um, paid for and sponsored by CPW and our friends of Cheyenne Mountain State Park, so we uh, can't thank them enough. We also have, usually you do make and take crafts, but this year we have take and make crafts, which means we've got some craft kits and some ideas that you can, again, pick up and take out to the park at a picnic table or just take home and do crafts, but they're all um, nature related. And we've got, you know, some, some candy and some, some cookies and stuff. We can't do the hot cocoa, but you know, we're just going to do the best we can this year and still celebrate, still, you know, appreciate these amazing state parks that we have. All of the visitor centers in the state of Colorado and your state parks are open. So don't hesitate to visit them and, and learn how you can uh, purchase parks passes and gift certificates 
as as holiday gifts. They make the greatest gift for your outdoor lovers. Those gift certificates can be used for hunting licenses, fishing licenses, boat, OHV, snowmobile registrations, and park passes. I mean, what, what better gift is that? If, if you know somebody who loves to be out in the great outdoors, give them something that's practical that they will use, but also helps to um, conserve Pueblo, or excuse me, um, Colorado's wildlife and outdoor recreation. All right. We are out of time, Monique, but great, great information. Hopefully a lot of people will get out and <clears throat> use Cheyenne Mountain State Park through the winter and take advantage of all the activities. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Terry, and I hope you have a great holiday season. You too. Have a ho- Merry Christmas and a great holiday season. That's Monique Mullis from uh, Colorado State Parks out of Cheyenne Mountain State Park. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, uh, brought to you by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. That's when those blue Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Whether you're into kayaking, hiking, hunting, camping, grilling, Jack's has it all. If you need it, you can get it at Jack's. Let's go right to the phones. <clears throat> and joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Amanda Nims. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Terry. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, it's great to have you on. You know, Amanda, I think a lot of people under the conception that Colorado Parks and Wildlife manages our wildlife by by setting up hunting and fishing, you know, bag limits and seasons, and they control what can be harvested. But really, that's just a very small part of the management, real management of our outdoors and our wildlife, and not just the wildlife that are game species, but all wildlife, comes down to habitat. And we have a program called the Colorado Wildlife Habitat Program, and you're going to tell us more about that. What is that program? Sure. Thank you. So it's a voluntary program for landowners across Colorado who want to permanently conserve their wildlife habitat and or uh, provide public access to their land for hunting and fishing. Um, And we do this. Uh, basically through specialized real estate transactions uh, that for habitat uh, permanently restricts the development potential and, you know, helps uh, avoid habitat fragmentation um, and also helps people get out on the land through formal private landowner access agreements. Well, and I think what you're doing, too, is you're getting the landowners involved and giving them a stake in preserving our wildlife. And that really, they become stakeholders and they become more aware and they take ownership of some of it. And it provides more wildlife habitat and it it provides more access like you said it's just a win-win program what's yeah. the history how long how long have we been doing this so the program began um, about 14 years ago in 2006 uh, with the legislation that created the habitat stamp which of course we um, all pay the ten dollars when we purchase our fishing license um, and at that time legislators recognized colorado's wildlife habitat's important um, that providing public access is important so, so the law was created to create a funding mechanism to protect the habitat and, and to provide more opportunities for folks to get out on the land for wildlife-related rec- recreation. So it's about 14 years now in the run-in. And has the funding been keeping up with the demand? Is there other funding available, too? Uh, how has it worked out? Oh, that's a good question. So the, so the funding comes um, from revenue generated by the sale of the habitat stamp, also, also through sales um, of our hunting licenses, fishing licenses, 
and through CPW's cooperative partnership with Great Outdoors Colorado, GOCO. Uh, sometimes it'll be funded by federal funding sources, um, but that's what puts the money into the program. And statute dictates what the funding can be spent on. Um, so that's what we want to see uh, from applicants and their proposals. So how does it work? If I'm a landowner, do I approach mm-hmm. you? Do you guys go out and look for land that you think would be great habitat and approach the landowner? Is it a combination? How, do, how does the yeah. process start? It's, it's a combination. Certainly, uh, CPW's local staff have great relationships with landowners and, and help spread the word uh, through those relationships. Um, we also do a, a bunch of um, public information, press releases and things like that when the annual program opens, uh, in, generally in the spring. Um, and, and then they can check it out on the website and, and call me. I'm happy to provide uh, more information about it. Um, but it, it opens in the spring, and, you know, it's generally 9 to $11 million available per year for the entire state. Um, and we're really looking for habitat um, that um, will protect big game winter range and migration corridors and uh, landowners who will help CPW acquire public access, uh, protecting species of concern. Um, so, you know, we really want to see a, a diversity of wildlife protected. Uh, so it's open to all landowners to consider. Now, when you get the program going, do you do, does Parks and Wildlife do quite a bit of habitat improvement on these pieces of property? This program itself is is focused on getting the habitat conserved um, in perpetuity, and then any kind of stewardship afterward would happen through <laughs> other other programs. This okay, now. Making sure the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Go ahead. We're just making just sure say, we have enough land, right? Pretty much, yeah, and, and and having lots of swaths of open space and habitat for connectivity. Well, with all the development that's going on, yeah. it's so important to preserve some <laughs> land for and and habitat for people that don't hunt or fish. If you pre, if you preserve a wetland area or a good elk habitat, it benefits all the wildlife. You see, myriads of different animals will use those same areas. Has it been a successful program? Do you have any kind of uh, statistics or anything? Oh, you bet. So in the 14 years since the program started, uh, over 261,000 acres of wildlife habitat across the state have been permanently protected uh, with private landowners um, while providing 117,000 acres of public access for hunting and fishing. It's, it's a really wonderful incentive for landowners as they consider their futures and legacies. And, and this, this year was such a challenging year. We were successfully able to wrap up the 2020 RFP just a couple weeks ago. And um, this year's program will help protect an additional 25,000 acres of habitat and provide public access on a new 14,000 acres. So awesome, just great. So if I'm a landowner and I'm interested in taking part in the program, how do I get started? How do I find information on it? Well, the easiest thing to do is to Google Colorado Wildlife Habitat Program. There you'll find information about the program, last year's application materials, uh, contact information for myself and our local CPW field staff. Um, And if you wanted to learn more about some of the projects uh, that the program has invested in, uh, an easy Google search for Colorado Wildlife Habitat stamp um, will also bring up information about the properties. But I encourage everybody um, who's interested to give me a call in late January um, when I'll, I'll know more about the 2021 program, uh, what the pri- funding priorities will be, uh, what the budget will be, um, and and what kind of what the year looks like. Well, you know, even though we have so much public land in Colorado, these public-private partnerships that 
<clears throat> Colorado Parks and Wildlife have been so good about setting up, whether it's the Habitat program or our walk-in access program, yeah. have really benefited the outdoor enthusiasts in Colorado. And it's great to hear about this kind of program. Tell them again where they can find more information. So the easiest thing to do is to Google Colorado Wildlife Habitat Program. And I mentioned that just because our uh, website can be cumbersome sometimes. So it's just the simplest way to find the web page. Um, or to call me directly at my work phone is 303-291-7269. All right. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. What a great program for all of us that enjoy the outdoors. The the more land we can keep available and in perpetuity available for the wildlife is going to make it a better experience for all of us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Terry. Have a great day. You will. You have a great day, too. That's uh, Amanda Nims from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I tell you what, we're going to take a time out here. We come back, we're going to take you up to the North Park area where the ice is in full swing they're out on the lakes and the fishing is phenomenal we're going to get a direct report from up there after this time out on terry wickstrom outdoors presented by jack's outdoor gear on 104.3 the fan terry wickstrom outdoors is brought to you in part by jack's outdoor gear if you want clothing footwear hiking equipment fishing equipment camping equipment biking accessories they have it all at jack's well, by the way, you heard me talking a few minutes ago about A&A Toppers. They have a real special that I forgot to mention in that ad that they had a what they called their Black Friday special where they were giving $100 off on Toppers, and it, it ended last week. But for the listeners to this show, if you go into either A&A Toppers location and want a topper or a tonneau cover, and you say you heard it, on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, through the end of December, you get $100 off. They're extending that Black Friday sale just for the listeners to this show. So you have to tell them you heard about it here. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, joining us from the Lake John Resort is uh, Doug. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. Have you settled into your new venture in life, being the owners of the Lake John Resort yet? Oh, yeah. We're we're still settling, but uh, we feel a lot more comfortable now, for sure. Well, I'm hearing good things, so that's a great thing, and best wishes to you. I'm also hearing, you know, there's a tremendous pent-up demand for ice fishing, and we, we're going to have really warm weather here on the Front Range the next week. So we're probably the low-elevation places or places close to the Front Range are going to take a while to freeze, and people are saying, where can I go, and where can I go and catch fish? Well, you can help them out, can't you? Absolutely. Uh, Lake John, of course, is going uh, gonzo, as well as the Delaney Buttes, as well as Big Creek Lakes, and even Lake Cowdery. So what kind of ice conditions do you have up on uh, the lakes up there? So at Lake John and the, the Buttes, the Delaney Buttes, were six inches plus. So six inches is kind of like the minimum that we've uh, – been uh, measuring and then big creek lakes is 10 inch plus uh and then cowdry is about five plus wow how are the roads can you get around to the lakes okay you uh it's wide open and clear there's there's no snow it's 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 wide open uh getting here you can drive right problem if you're coming from the front range obviously but you can drive right up to the lakes, which I always liked. It's just so good. I love it. You know, I'm getting older, and the less I have to walk, the better I like it anymore. The most important question, though, is how has the fishing been on the different lakes? Uh, it's been phenomenal. 
it's been absolutely phenomenal. On uh, the 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 Laneys are seeing a lot of action. People are catching a lot of Browns on North Delaney, uh, South Delaney. They're catching between 14 and 18 inches, uh, rainbows and cutbows and cutthroats. Uh, East Delaney, uh, I haven't seen that much action just because I haven't seen anybody fishing it. Uh, Lake John, of course, uh, we're getting, even this, this morning, this guy just caught a, a 22 to 24 incher uh, and posted it on, on our website. Well, and a 24-inch trout on Lake John is not a skinny little fish. They get fat in that lake. Yeah, I'm guessing that one was at least seven pounds, probably more closer to eight, but, you know, I don't want to exaggerate. Uh, I always do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, um, I always tell, I never tell a good fish story until the fish has time to mature. But Because <laughs> they will exactly. grow after you catch them, you know. But, no, seriously, um, lake John is famous for its growth rate. You get some large fish out of that lake. How about numbers? Are they getting consistent action too? Oh, constantly. I mean, everybody that's come in in the last week has said, "Well, I said, just give me a, a for instance, how many are you catching?" And they're catching at least twenty or so a day. Wow. So it's just fantastic fishing. Let's tell people about the amenities, too, if they come up there. You, I mentioned that you've taken over the Lake John Resort. And tell people what you have to offer. If I drive up there to go ice fishing, what can you offer me to help me out? Well, we've got uh, uh, all kinds of bait. We've got the night crawlers, of course, waxworms, mealworms, full uh, tackle, uh, availability, uh, you know, to uh, ice augers, ice auger blades, anything that you could possibly need to ice fish. Uh, and then, and then of course, and then of course we have the the, the four cabins and the one suite uh, for those that want to stay overnight. And you have, still have RV hookups. Do you keep those open during the winter? Those are also open, and we still get uh, we still get those. Not as much, obviously, with the colder temps, but. Uh, but no, we we're, we're, we I think we've got four or five people in there right now. Well, and people they'll hear me when I talk to you guys up at Lake John. I'll I'll laughingly complain about how far away you are from the lake because I can't quite cast from the cabin to the lake. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you can virtually it's it's walk just a, a few yards and you're on the water fishing, so you don't waste any time getting there if you stay in your RV park or at the cabins. You can be out on that lake catching fish five minutes after you get up. It's just phenomenal to stay there. We didn't touch on what type of baits. Are there any particular baits that you've seen that have been very successful on Lake John? Well, right now the most popular is mealworms. That's what guys are using and, and, and wet flies. And then what about any particular lures of any type or that are standing yeah, out? The, 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 the white jigs and white leeches. Okay, and that's at Lake John. What about the Delaney's where they can't use bait? Uh, there, they've just been using essentially the the, the white leeches and the and the jigs, and also okay. the the wet flies. And so, and you know, that's on you. You know, you for all the times I've talked to Lake John about ice fishing, you guys use flies a lot more on that those lakes up there than almost any other lake I talk. And flies are a great ice fishing lure. You know, people go out and buy these little jigs to ice fish with. Well, a lot of flies are just like that, only they're tied to be extremely realistic, and you can fool a fish with them, so they're great. 
By the way, if people want to see what it's like fishing at Lake John, I've done uh, a couple different shows up there, and they're on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. And I did one where I'm out there, and I have a Swedish pimple spoon on, and by watching on my electronics, I was able to tease that trout, get it to come back and back, and finally land a very substantial trout. And the ice fishing is fantastic up there. In fact, the late Charlie Myers and I did uh, a Sunday article uh, on Lake John where he came out. And I got to tell you, I fooled Charlie into thinking I was probably the greatest angler in the world <laughs> because I knew the fish were gathered around the outside of that weed edge. Right. And, uh-huh. but I didn't know for sure where the weed edge was. And I told Charlie, we might have to move around and try to find some fish. Well, I kind of walked out on the ice and kind of estimated where I thought the edge of the weed line was. I drilled a hole, sat down, never left that hole. I don't know how many fish I caught. It was just one of the luckiest things in the world that I happened to pick that spot. But I just, it was just, you couldn't keep the fish off the lure. And like you mentioned, the fish at Lake John are just big and fat, and they're so, so fun to catch. Now, you're updating uh, conditions up there on Facebook now. Is that is that the case? That is correct. Um, I'm updating it there, and I update it on fishexplore.com. And is that just Lake John on Facebook? How do they find your Facebook page? Uh, yeah, if they just go to uh, uh, LakeJohnResort.com, they can get a, find us that way, or they can just go to Facebook and go to Lake John Resort, and they will find us there. If they want more information about the cabins or about the RV hookups, is there a number they can call? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, 970 uh Seven two three three two two six, and we pretty much answer that, uh, you know, from six in the morning to eight o'clock at night. Well, and you guys are keeping track of what's going on up there. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a drive, but boy, is it worth it. And when you can get up to date conditions off your Facebook page or give you a call before you start your trip, that's just it's so much nicer when you head out with that confidence, knowing what uh, what is going on up there before you get there. Uh, Doug, thank oh, you so absolutely. much. Absolutely, I, I try and update that page every day, if not twice a day. That's awesome. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you get a lot of successful ice anglers up there. Well, thank you. And uh, can I just add that we're uh, the ice fishing tournament uh, on January ninth and tenth uh, is is happening as it does every year. And uh, we've almost got the, the – we're a little late this year, but we're going to get the posters out next week, and I will be tying that uh, to my Facebook page. And what were the dates again? Uh, the 9th and 10th of January. Okay. So it's, it's, the tournament it's is going on. I know, I know a lot of tournaments have been iffy because of COVID, but it's good to hear. So one nine through one ten, and you'll have the brochures out on your Facebook page very soon. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thanks, Terry. Have a great day. All right. You bet. That's Doug Gibb from Lake John Resort. I tell you what, let's take a quick time out. We come back. Uh, Nate Zielinski will join us, and I know he's going to talk some ice fishing tournaments and ice fishing in general right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.